What's up everyone and welcome to the weekly edition of VSG Now where we cover how the environment, our society and corporate governance affects and are affected by our economy. I'm your host Mike DiCibato and this week we have two stories for you. First, we discuss why some of the highest risk markets in the Asia-Pacific region have seen some of the biggest improvements in ESG scores in the past three years. And then we discuss what would happen to emissions if everyone in the world drove an electric vehicle. Thanks as always for joining us. Stay tuned. The Asia-Pacific region, often referred to by its acronym APAC, is one of the richest in terms of environmental, social, and governance opportunities. One example on the environmental side is the use of renewable energies is growing more in APAC than any other region. And governments, especially in China, are pushing the adoption of electric vehicles more and more. But APAC is also historically one of the most challenging in terms of ESG risks because it is such a global hub of manufacturing and processing and historically has been kind of lax on regulatory oversight. There are issues with pollution, supply chain complications, and labor rights. But across the region, Tighter regulation, rising awareness of ESG, and more pressures from investors have led to a step up in overall ESG performance over the past three years. This is all according to my colleague and guest Miranda Carr, who just finished researching the topic and has a report out called ESG and APAC, Could Laggards Become Leaders? So when I called Miranda up, I asked her first if she could set the context for me. What was the perception of APAC usually with regards to ESG? Uh, and how has it changed? Well, in the APAC region as a whole, you've got a huge variety um, in terms of ESG adoption and the whole understanding and, and performance on, on ESG. Because you've got the some markets like Japan, Australia, New Zealand, where the adoption has been quite long term. They've um, the companies understand it, the investors understand it, and, and there's been a big push for quite a number of years in those markets. Um, and there, the scores are very high in terms of you know how the companies perform on ESG. But in other markets where there hasn't been such a widespread adoption over such a long period of time, particularly in the big markets of China, um, India and South Korea, you've got you've had low scores um, and so people have this perception of the the sort of APAC being uh, low scoring on on the ESG fronts the lots of ESG risks in the region and so, so therefore they were sort of worried about you know the, the company's performance on on sort of key ESG metrics and also you get the companies themselves complaining that they're not being given the recognition that they deserve in terms of how they approach ESG as well. So there's been this perception that the whole region is um, low scoring and low performing on ESG, but that is changing dramatically. And that's what we've seen over the past um, three to five years in some of the key markets. Miranda is going to use the word score often in this podcast, and I want to kind of explain the real world context of an ESG score. I know we've done this before because we're an ESG company and this is an ESG podcast, but I think it's always good to do a quick real world check on the jargon. So an ESG score is obtained as an output from a model, and all models out there use data inputs like 
you know, company issued data, regulatory data sets, hazard layers, things like that. And those inputs are used to create a score that puts into context how a company or sovereign or an investment is affecting the world's environment and society, as well as how its governing structures play into those environmental and societal factors. And these data points are constantly being updated. For example, we update companies' estimated carbon emissions regularly using company reported data or estimated data when that data is not available. And the real-world context of those inputs is that, for example, if carbon emissions are going down, then that means, theoretically, climate change is slowing down and people aren't dying as much from air pollution and waters are turning less acidic. And so I don't think I'm too biased in saying when ESG scores improve, society might get a bit better. Well, one of the most interesting sectors in, in APAC broadly is the financial sector where you've seen that's been one of the sort of best performers in terms of improving its ESG performance over the last two or three years. And that's to do with a combination of factors. So the green financing um, and the sort of you know, push for climate bonds and um, environmental financing has been pushed by both the stock markets and the, the individual governments, particularly in areas like uh, China um, and Singapore and in markets like Taiwan. Um, so you've you've seen a lot of adoption by the by the sort of big banks and the and the securities companies, um, and so but in tandem with the regulators and the government pushing those factors, then you're also seeing the companies um, reporting more on those metrics itself throughout the region. So that if you like, that's been a combination of the regulators and the and the and the companies themselves. But a really interesting thing in some of the um, key markets and particularly the high risk ESG sectors. So things like the, you know, the these are the ESG sectors that investors love to hate. So things like consumer staples, the utility sector, materials and energy, where there's huge risks in terms of environmental issues, in terms of pollution, um, climate and um, also on even things like the sort of the human capital element. Um, in terms of treat, treatment of their workforce. Um, but this is where you're actually seeing some of the biggest improvements. And this was one of the really surprising things about the study. Um, and so we looked into quite in detail how, why that was, why that was happening. And some of that is regulation. So the government, I mean, China is another good example where they've really put in much, much tougher um, environmental protection regulations um, in over 2015 and also again in 2018 and that is now being reflected in how the company practices you know literally cleaning up their acts um, and that's then being reflected in their their ESG performance and their ESG scores but you're also seeing that um, in other markets in India they've 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 had regulation on the sort of pollution and waste side also in South Korea and that means that the companies are now adopting much better practices um, and that's um, and that's then being reflected in their in their overall performance. And as Miranda told me, this increased adoption is also being spurred by investors such as millennials in the APAC region that want more ESG reporting from companies, as well as actually women investors who are pushing companies in the APAC region to report more on their corporate practices. That is happening in conjunction with these government regulations on environmental protection and data and privacy, as well as stock markets in the region saying if you want to be listed on on our exchange, you need to disclose more data on ESG factors. We've seen this in China, Hong Kong, and South Korea. And this has meant we have a very 
different corporate world in the APAC region than we saw even two or three years ago. Well, if we take the China market as an example, one of the key things has been that you're actually seeing the it's not just the Chinese companies who are saying that they are following better practices. It's actually their competitors who are also saying that they're not seeing such um, such bad practices in the in the market as well. So some of the smaller competitors have closed down, some of the sort of high polluting companies have closed down. So therefore, a lot of the, you know, what you would have as a sort of low level, potentially low cost competition in the market, which had basically potentially the highest ESG risks in terms of their you know, performance on both energy, things like energy efficiency, but also things like the pollution and waste regulation. Now, if you're seeing the competitive environment um, improve because everyone's now following better practices, I think that's a really tangible um, um, effect that you can actually see, um, not just for the Chinese companies themselves, but also for their, you know, uh, for, the, for the international companies who are operating in those markets. We've been talking about APEC generally because... The acronym's easy, and often APAC is grouped together in industrial lexicon. But within APAC, there are markets like in Japan, Australia, New Zealand, and Singapore, for example, that already had robust data disclosure practices in place. And what is interesting is, unlike the markets that are just getting started, the markets that Miranda has basically been discussing, the ESG score momentum in these established regions is trending a bit negative. So I asked Miranda why that might be. If it was due to the companies in that region already having high scores, so it's harder to have a noticeable positive momentum, or if there was another contributing factor. Well, yes, I mean, they do have pretty high scores already. So obviously, you're not going to see such a such a big, big improvement. But there are risks potentially emerging where you're actually seeing some of the some of the um, companies and some of the sectors fall back on areas where they've been doing very well historically. Um, So things like on the on the pollution and waste side, both in both in Japan um, and in in the Taiwanese market, you basically had companies who were you know potentially previously very good actually beginning to beginning to score low because you're getting more regulation. They have to meet higher standards, and if they're not coming up to those higher standards, then of course, obviously, their you know the the performance that we look at is um is going to is going to fall back. That fallback can mean that the regulations are working. There are serious environmental problems that our economies help to perpetuate through their current normal functioning. So a regulation that is trying to correct the negative externalities created by the normal functioning of a system should, in theory, make the current system look less effective. But a slip in ESG scores can also be a signal for those investors that own these companies in those sectors to engage. Engagement is a big part of the ESG industry. Shareholder resolutions are often highlighted as the way companies move on issues, and we've talked about them as such on this podcast. But actually engagement, what happens behind closed doors between investors and companies, often moves the sustainability needle more than, say, a public dispute that is settled during the proxy season. And if certain sectors are falling in established markets and not improving as quickly as other sectors in up-and-coming markets, then that might be an engagement bat signal of sorts. You know, th- things like the consumer staples um, sector, so that covers sort of the, you know, the agricultural, the food and beverages, and um, where you've got a lot of issues around the biodiversity, 
um, problems, the environmental problems, the sort of the, the, the climate problems, but also on the human capital side and 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 the and the treatments of both migrant workers and and the workforce in general, and that's where some of the really big issues in the in the region and we we didn't see a big improvement there either in the in the sort of high scoring markets or in in the in the air, the low scoring markets so that's an area where you know investors need to really look very carefully and if they're looking for places sort of to to contact companies and sort of target um, some of their investment campaigns. Miranda sees this investor push as a large part of the increased adoption of ESG in APEC. But this is not all due to altruism or general interest in ESG. In 2021, there has been an upsurge of regulations that are focused more on how investors are incorporating ESG into their investment process and trying to hold investors more accountable that are saying they're doing this. This has put pressure on investors, and in turn, those investors have begun pushing the companies they are giving capital to to provide more ESG information where required. That and a general understanding by APAC companies that more people, both abroad and at home, want to invest in solutions to these global problems and are willing to provide a lot of money to companies that proffer those solutions are all part of the reason why we're seeing an increased adoption and positive momentum about ESG in the APAC region. Car companies are making huge promises about their electric vehicles in the coming decade. Ford, GM, Volvo, Jaguar, Land Rover have all promised an all-electric future, and I'm probably missing some companies in there. And other companies are announcing the release of an all-electric fleet that they hope will power their sales in years to come. So let's say we went back in time and everyone, instead of buying and driving a internal combustion engine vehicle, a traditional vehicle in 2019, what if everyone drove an electric vehicle? What would happen to global emissions? They would fall, sure, but by how much? Well, my colleague Yu Ishiara answered that very question in some of his recent research, so I had to call him up and ask about what he found. In 2019, um, according to MSCI's Climate Risk Center statistics, you know, the automobile industry was responsible for uh, just under 5 gigatons of CO2 equivalent in emissions. You know, that's 13% of total global emissions, so it's not it's not insignificant. And I'd say about 80% of this came from vehicle tailpipes. So this is the target. This is what electric vehicles is about. And so the idea behind it is to really sort of think about, okay, well, what happens when we get to this electric vehicle future? You know, and everything is electric. Do, do we hit uh, zero emission vehicles? And, you know, unfor- unfortunately, the, the answer is, uh, at least from my the analysis is no. On on average, I think industry players see a reduction of about 30% reduction in emissions, um, which is not insignificant by itself, but it's certainly not zero. And, you know, the main reason boils down to the charging. You know, EVs obviously require batteries. You know, these need to be charged to operate the vehicle. And, there, you know, there will be a certain, you know, non-insignificant increase in the demand for electricity around the world. And so then you have this ultimate scenario where, you know, EVs are sold around the world. And the key factor that defines the emissions becomes the regional grid intensities of where these cars are driven. So obviously, you know, countries where there are a higher percentage of electricity is generated by burning fossil fuels. You know, EV, the transition to EV by itself would have probably less of an environmental impact than, say, you know, selling all EVs in Norway, where, you know, the majority of the electricity generated is from renewables. Damn, that's a, that's a bit sobering, isn't it, that the emissions 
would only go down by 30%? There's still 70% of the emissions out there that electric vehicles would be responsible for? Certainly, that is one way to think about it. But, you know, another way to sort of think about it is, you know, yes, you know, it's a bit disappointing that EVs aren't necessarily zero emission. But, you know, the automobile industry is definitely doing their part in this. You know, I I mentioned earlier around a 30% reduction. That's not small. And, you know, ultimately, it boils down to these grid intensities. And this is, you know, outside of the control of these companies. But, you know, just as OEMs would be doing their part in terms of launching these cars, you can imagine that as this shift, obviously, it's not going to happen overnight, like in my analysis, but the transition to renewable energy will accompany this. And so as this happens and electric vehicles are launched, you know, the world will slowly, gradually get closer to getting to that elusive zero emission vehicle. But again, as it stands right now, you know, it's not just about the cars. And that's it for the week. I wanted to thank Miranda and you for joining me to discuss this week's news with an ESG twist. I wanted to thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, Don't forget to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. If that's even possible, it's useful. It's nice. I like to see feedback. And subscribe, of course. I hope your week is going a little bit better than last week or the weeks before. Or it's staying the same if it's already good. And I'll talk to you next week. MSCI ESG Research podcast is provided by MSCI Inc.'s subsidiary, MSCI ESG Research LLC, a registered investment advisor under the Investment Advisors Act of 1940. And this recording and data mentioned herein has not been submitted to and or received approval from the United States Securities and Exchange Commission or any other regulatory body. The analysis discussed should not be taken as an indication or guarantee of any future performance, analysis, forecast, or prediction. The information contained in this recording is not for reproduction in whole or in part without prior written permission from MSCI ESG Research. None of the discussion or analysis put forth in this recording constitutes an offer to buy or sell or a promotion or recommendation of any security, financial instrument, or product or trading strategy. Further, none of the information is intended to constitute investment advice or recommendation to make or refrain from making any kind of investment decision and may not be relied on as such. The information provided here is as is, and the user of the information assumes the entire risk of any use it may make or permit to be made of the information. Thank you.